If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. These lunatic leftists. Well, they're not, they're not lunatics. They're, they are insane, but they're actually, actually very intelligent, highly intelligent, very cunning, very cunning. And uh, you have to admire their persistence. Have to admire their persistence. 45 years after the Onondaga Nation here in central New York, the center of the Iroquois Confederacy, from east to west, you have the Mohawk, the Oneida, the Onondaga, the Cayuga, and the Seneca tribes in the original five tribes league of the Iroquois Confederacy. And Onondaga was always the centers, the main governments where they would all come for meetings. So the Onondaga Nation is south of Syracuse. In 25, or no, I'm sorry, 45 years ago, 1978, they raised a stink because Syracuse University men's football and basketball had as their mascot the Saltine Warrior. Now, why the Saltine Warrior? Well, Syracuse is the salt city. Our first industry here was salt, first gathering it from salt springs and then eventually mining it because there's tremendous deposits of sodium chloride here in upstate New York. And Warrior, obviously, because of the Iroquois. And why do we pick aggressive, belligerent mascots? Right? Sure, you've got the friars of Providence College, and you've got, you know, some Catholic schools have softer and gentler mascots. Notre Dame has the fighting Irish. Why didn't they have the poetic Irish? Irish are known poets and love language. Why didn't they have the novelists? The Irish novelists. Why isn't that the Notre Dame mascot? Why is it the fighting Irish in the mascot? If you haven't seen it, it's a leprechaun putting up his dukes. In, in the last 50 years, when have you ever heard Notre Dame grads or anyone complaining about the term fighting Irish? You haven't because it's not a real thing. Okay. That's what the left does. They take things that aren't real things and complain about them in order to shift the Overton window, in order to shape the narrative. So in 1978, Syracuse had to all of a sudden get rid of the Saltine Warrior. And just like the Dartmouth Indian had to go, had to go, can't have Dartmouth Indians, even though it was started as a school specifically to allow Indians to get a higher education. That was one of the deals for the founding of Dartmouth College in New Hampshire. We're going to allow Native Americans to come and study, which was a really big deal back in the 18th century. Nope, 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 nope. Can't do that. So now it's just the Dartmouth Green. It's just the Stanford Cardinal. And it's just the Syracuse Orange now. Well, at first they got rid of the Saltine Warrior. They put in this quasi-Greek 
Roman soldier type thing, and then they decided to go with fuzzy out of the orange that we have now, this stupid piece of citrus fruit that has nothing to do with anything. And why does this rankle me? Am I racist? Of course not. My grammar school had as our mascot, the Chiefs. We were the Holy Family Chiefs, and we were proud to be Chiefs. Again, why do athletic teams always use either belligerents, warriors, Spartans, Michigan State Spartans? Uh, we had the Chiefs. Why is it always a mascot of leadership or of aggression? The LSU Tigers, the Detroit Tigers, the Detroit Lions. Okay, why is it always scary animals, the Carolina Panthers? The San Jose Sharks. Why is it always either a scary animal or some form of human belligerent? And yes, I know there's the University of California, Santa Clara, banana slugs, but they did that as a spoof of everything else and kind of a sense of humor and good on them for that. And why am I going on about this? Because 45 years after the Onondaga Nation complained about Syracuse University's Saltine Warrior, now all of a sudden Liverpool High School has to change its mascot from the Warriors. The Liverpool Warriors, oh, we can't have that. No, 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 that's insensitive. Really? It's been fine for the last 45 years, but now all of a sudden, now it's culturally insensitive? And what about the West Hill Warriors? Because I guarantee you this is what's going to happen. What West Hill is going to be allowed to be the Warriors for a few years. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, 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 can't have the West Hill Warriors. They constantly make something out of nothing in order to push an agenda. And we've got to learn to just say no. Stop it. Stop giving them oxygen. Stop bowing and scraping every time they come up with a new complaint. Because in case you haven't missed it already, the complaints will be never ending as long as you give in to each and every one. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. If you missed your favorite TNT radio show or interview, simply listen back when you want, wherever you want. Just visit episodes on the TNT radio website. We're also on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now there's no reason to miss out on anything on TNT Radio. Keeping the commitment. I love you guys. Unbelievable. 24-7. Listen to you every day, half for years. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. According to a newly published report from the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, Abortion providers and advocacy groups, including Planned Parenthood, received close to two b -b 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 billion with a B dollars in federal taxpayer funds between 2019 and 2021. Here with the story is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy. Uh, yeah, so last year, uh, U United States Senator Marsha Blackburn, a Republican for Tennessee, alongside Representative Chris Smith, Republican from New Jersey, and former Representative Vicki Hartzler, Republican from Missouri, led 142 congressional members in requesting the government watchdog create a report shedding light on federal funding going to pro-abortion groups. Uh, the results are in. Uh, in a January 2022 press release, Blackburn's office noted that a former GAO report from its fiscal year 2016 through 2018 revealed that nearly $2 billion in taxpayer dollars was used to support abortion groups, including the Planned Parenthood Federation of America, 
Marie Stopes International and International Parenthood Federation. Now, federal law does not permit the use of taxpayer dollars to fund abortions. However, there is no law preventing taxpayer funds from being distributed to abortion providers, as noted by the press release. Uh, the lawmaker wrote, quote, the information sought in this inquiry is instrumental for policymakers and the public alike. It is our hope that this report will provide greater insight as Congress considers funding levels and provides increased transparency and openness for our constituencies and the general public, end quote. Well, be careful what you ask for. Uh, the GAO's latest report revealed that as of May 2023, Planned Parenthood's affiliates received roughly $89 million in forgiven Paycheck Protection Program loans, PPP loans, from April 2020 and May 2021. The federal government's PPP program provided low-interest loans that were, quote, fully forgivable for payroll and certain other eligible costs if certain conditions were met, end quote. That was what the report notes. The loans were meant for small businesses with 500 employees or fewer, while Planned Parenthood employs over 16,000 workers. Its smaller affiliates reaped the benefits of the COVID-era loan program. Shocking. From 2019 to 2021, Planned Parenthood's affiliates reportedly received $1.78 billion in federal funds via Medicare, Medicaid, and the Children's Health Insurance Program. In total, the federal government gave $1.89 billion to abortion providers during that period. The GAO's report found that the Biden administration increased funding to Planned Parenthood by 373% between 2021 and 2022. Shocking. Uh, Blackburn said in a statement today, Tuesday, quote, it is appalling that big abortion providers are continuing to receive billions of dollars in federal taxpayer funding while small businesses struggled to make ends meet during the pandemic. Planned Parenthood illegally siphoned over $90 million from the Paycheck Protection Program, specifically designed to help our mom-and-pop shops keep their doors open. She continues, quote, The American people want their tax dollars spent responsibly and in line with our nation's values, not the left's abortion-on-demand agenda. I will never stop fighting to protect the unborn and end taxpayer-funded support for the abortion industry, end quote. Smith stated that the American taxpayer money, quote, should not be funneled to big abortion corporations like Planned Parenthood, which has killed over 9.3 million unborn children since 1970, including 1.11 million between these years of 2019 and 2021. This money would have been better spent helping the businesses that were forced to close or providing comprehensive medical support for both women and children, end quote. Indeed, uh, Timothy. So there we have it by the numbers, the breakdown. Uh, wow, I had no idea that they were taking advantage of the PPP loan forgiveness. That's just absolutely sickening to me. But what do you think? Well, come on, Adam. Got to kill the babies. Come on. What's the problem here? Of course, of course, we got to give Planned Parenthood and all the other abortion providers federal taxpayer dollars in violation of the law. Killing the babies comes first. 
on, everybody knows that. It's just, it's so maddening. I'm adopted, which is what shaped my opinions on abortion. It has very little actually to do with the fact that I'm Roman Catholic. It has to do with the fact that my brother and I were adopted. And if Roe had been a 61 decision, probably not here. Okay? So it hits close to home. I've always said this is the greatest civil rights issue of our time, and it is. There is nothing more essential to human dignity than the right to life, the right to be born. You know, we are defenseless. We're not a clump of cells. But for, let's use the but for test, right? But for the abortion, you're going to have a baby. And they all know that. They try to couch it in terms like women's health and all the protests and everything else. Remember one of my fundamental tenets, everything on the left is either a lie or is based on the lie. And this is both a lie and based on that lie. Okay, everything stems from that. If you want to understand abortion in the government, there's a perfect cartoon of it. Branco did it. It's a one box truck backed up to another box truck. And the first box truck says United States Treasury. And there is a donkey walking down a wheelbarrow full of money sacks. And the money sacks say Planned Parenthood. And he's wheeling it down the ramp from the federal treasury and reeling it right up the ramp to the box truck that has the Democrat D inside the circle, the Democrat Party, because that's what it is. The government funds Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood donates back to the Democrats. It's all a big money laundering operation. Everything in D.C. And it's not just Democrats. Let's be honest. There's a lot of Republicans voting for this garbage, too. Our government is thoroughly corrupt and needs to be brought to heel. It's out of control in terms of its abuse of powers, its violation of pretty much every one of the Bill of Rights. They haven't tried to quarter soldiers in our homes yet, but I think that's probably coming soon because they seem to be hell-bent on violating every single amendment. And it, it's the, their lifeblood. Right, All these people with gender studies degrees that are completely useless in the real world, where do you think they go after they get out of university? They either go to university and become assistant professors and then adjunct professors and then full professors, or they go to work for an NGO, a non-governmental organization, some nonprofit flavor or another. Okay, these people... You know, they refer they refer to older people as useless eaters, right? People that are no longer bringing in an income, that are retired on Social Security, they refer to them as useless eaters. The real useless eaters are all of these people of all ages that have been graduated from college in the last 60 years with completely useless degrees that are just living the nonprofit life, sucking off government contracts, and doing untold damage to our society. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this is one of the most, I mean, this is a pretty contentious issue when we discuss things like abortion. But um, people like you and I believe that it's murder to take away an innocent life. Um, and they politicize this and they, they want to call you a bad person because you want to support life. And it's like it's so in your face, like opposite of like what life means. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I have to. You know, it's, it's part of my faith, my tenet to, to, you know, revere all life, you know. So to me, you know, it's not even a question um, what this is. But, you know, 
for the government to get involved and for our taxpayer dollars to be involved without our permission, that's that's a that's going a little bit too far, you know. So we need to. Well, it is, least... but unfortunately, we gave them our permission. We gave them our permission when we voted for this clown. So again, it's down to us. We need to learn to vote more intelligently. All right, thanks, Adam, for another super story. You're listening to the Reckoning on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Kate Shimarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all. They just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And, and I... If I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying. And it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government that stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the three or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. You have to have a mask on. 
and as they shut down any attacks against them. This is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. conversation continues. I don't believe it, and I think that's a terrible position that I am in, that I don't trust my government. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Malcolm Roberts is a TNT radio alumnus and has been senator for Queensland in Australia since 2019. He also served in the Australian Senate from 2016 to 2017. Senator Roberts was a mining engineer before entering politics, working in the Australian coal industry. He was graduated from the University of Queensland with a Bachelor of Engineering, where he took honors, and has an MBA from the University of Chicago Graduate School of Business. Known as the Empirical Science Senator, Malcolm is a thorn in the side of climate hoaxers, vax profiteers, and other globalists. I'd like to welcome to the reckoning for the first time, Australian Senator Malcolm Roberts. Thank you very much, Timothy. It's a pleasure to be with you. Malcolm, there's so much we could talk about, but let's start with digital id here in the united states we have nikki haley calling for it running as a presidential candidate on the republican ticket no one knows why she's not polling in double figures and this is a global effort to get a digital id that's going to follow us permanently is this a good thing or a bad thing it's a terrible thing it's an inhuman anti-human thing it's run by the parasitic globalists to basically to take us back to feudalism timothy uh they want control and they want wealth transfer they really got scared with the uh, industrial revolution because it gave birth to the middle class and they lost control now they're trying to get it back again but just as nikki haley uh, is in the republican party and wants it we've had the digital identity first introduced not formally into parliament but as a topic uh, with a mem uh, explanatory memorandum about three or four years ago by the Liberal Party in Australia, which is supposedly conservative, but it's not. It's, it's run by the globalists. Um, and now it's being formally introduced into parliament. It has been formally introduced into parliament by the Labor Party, the so-called so socialists, who are just the same as, as the Liberal Party now. Their policies are almost identical. It is a terrible thing. It'll destroy freedom in this country, destroy freedom. It's a global push. It'll destroy freedom around the Western, Western world. And I think you're absolutely right. That's exactly what they're trying to do is to reintroduce feudalism. feudalism. I've been in and around re Republican politics for 60 years. My first campaigning, I was eight years old with my father and uh, or six years old with my father in 1968. And it's funny. I tell people I've never been lied to by a Democrat, but I'm like a porcupine with all the knives I've taken to the back from fellow Republicans. It's really the, the problem in both of our societies is brought about by these weak-kneed, lily-livered, milk-toast, so-called conservatives that really are just advocating for a slower slide into socialism, aren't they? You're absolutely correct, Timothy. Um, parliamentarians are elected to represent people, to be the voice of the people, to serve the people. All of my speech is more than three minutes in length. I start with the words, as a servant to the people of Queensland and Australia. When I first uttered those words in my first speech in the Senate in 2016, Timothy, I was laughed at. Now they're not laughing, but that, that's what I still use because I'm trying to remind people that's their job, to speak up on behalf of the people, to do what the people are telling them to do. And what we've seen is uh, people in the Labor Party and Liberal Party both enter politics largely with uh, with with a... Good, good motives and care. 
but they soon get corrupted by their party power brokers and very, very few people stand up. No one in the Labor Party, the Socialist Party, stands up. No one. They're all kowtow to with the party power brokers. And, and the party power brokers implement UN or World Economic Forum policies. So that's what we're getting. Sure. The Liberal yeah. Party um, is similar. It's, it's introducing similar policies, uh, has introduced and is pushing similar policies. Almost identical, in fact, Timothy. But the difference between the Liberal Party and Labor Party is that a few, and I mean just a few of the Liberals, will stand up and cross the floor and vote with us. Not very many, but uh, we're building up more and more support amongst the, the uh, Liberals because there are some Liberals who believe in freedom of speech and, and just freedom in general. And when you say we, are you talking about the One Nation? Yes, uh, Pauline Hanson, who's the leader of our party, Senator Pauline Hanson and myself. Uh, also, the United Australia Party's uh, Senator Ralph Babair, he quite often sides with us. He almost always votes with us. Um, we've got a few, uh, two, sometimes three members of the Liberal Coalition that, that vote with us. And more would want to, but they're not game to. They don't have the guts. They're literally livid, as you said. Yeah, is anything more frustrating than than the members, the senators who will buttonhole you in the cloakroom and, and say, Malcolm, I love what you're saying. Keep it up. But I, I just can't take a, a public stance like that. But but we're with you. And then, of course, they never vote with you. No, no, they, they've, they've literally, um, you know, the climate fraud, it's not just a scam, it's climate fraud uh, being perpetrated oh. by the World Economic Forum and the United Nations. Um, I have spoken out against that so many times. And whenever I do, if I'm walking down the passageway after the, leaving the chamber, and I'm with a Labor Party member of parliament, a senator, for example, he says, mate, that was good. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> you know, but, but they, they, they will tell you, I can't speak because I'll, I'll get kicked out from the party. So um, you know, really what we need are people that are willing to be kicked out, right? Exactly. So here in America, Donald Trump borrowed from President Ronald Reagan, the Make America Great Again slogan. It was Reagan who first said it. People forget that. And they he was derided as xenophobic. And he's like, no. I want Mexican president to make Mexico great yet. We want the Australian PM to make Australia great again. You're really under threat down there from Asiafication. And, and you're called a racist for pointing out the obvious that Australians are trying to sell out to China as fast as they possibly can. That's that's right. Uh, we, we tell the truth. Racism is where you um, either denigrate or lift up a race as being superior right. or inferior, right? If you talk, I mean, you're a Caucasian. That doesn't make me racist because I've called you a Caucasian. Exactly. Uh, if, if, if you're an Asian, I look, I, I, I'm married to an American, by the way. Uh, both of our children are American citizens. They're all dual citizens. I'm the only bloody Australian in the, in the, in the family. Um, the, the others are dual citizens, Australians and American. But we have lots of races here, uh, lots of uh, races here. We have, uh, I was born and raised in India where I grew up with Muslims, uh, Hindus, yep. Buddhists, uh, Christians, um, white people, brown people, black people. I was raised with, um, with uh, an, an ayah from Nepal um, who helped my mother quite a bit. So I'm used to mixing with people. I don't give a bugger what, what, what color their skin is or what color their eyes are uh, or what it, color it, their hair it, is. I was, in, I was in athletics and it was the same kind of upbringing at my high school all all races and and we all got along there were never any fights along racial lines this was in the 1980s but let's explore this a little further after the news what's happening, what's happening?
Newsflash. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The U.S. Supreme Court has directed former President Donald Trump to submit a response to a petition by special counsel Jack Smith. A recent peer-reviewed study in Japan published in the Curious Journal on December 7th found that approximately 70% of deaths in Japan following Pfizer COVID-19 vaccination occurred within the first 10 days after receiving the vaccine. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Malcolm, I used to refer to myself as a young curmudgeon. I don't know when exactly I I passed the tipping point and I'm now just considered an old curmudgeon. But someone once called me a pedant. It's like, no, I'm not pedantic. I just, facts matter and and things need to be right. Like I constantly point out that red is not the Republican color here in the United States. The Republican color is blue. The Democrat color is red, just like labor is red around the world, including in Australia. And the conservative party, whether you call it the conservatives, whether you call it the liberal party, whatever, are blue. And that's the tradition where our party colors came from. And then it was an NBC news presenter named Tim Russert, who on his election night show in 2000, literally flipped the colors on his map. And then Google flipped the colors. So if you look at the 1984 congressional uh, presidential election, if you look at it now, you, you just Google 1984 presidential election results, the whole country will be red except for Minnesota and, the, and Washington, D.C. in blue that went for uh, Senator um, Mondale. But if you limit your search to 1984, January 1st, to December 31st, 1984, and you do the same search, you see the proper map. The whole country was in blue in Minnesota and DC were in red, which led David Brinkley to declare America is a suburban swimming pool with a red float tonight because Minnesota's rectangular shaped and that's what the country looked like. A red pool float in a suburban blue pool because it was a suburban vote that gave Reagan 49 states. So I point these things out and I insist that people get them correct. Words matter because words are just ideas spoken, right? And with uh, if you don't have language, you can't have thought. And so the words you use matter. And the left is very devious with the way that they use words. I've also called people out there's no such thing as reverse racism. Racism is racism. Doesn't matter which direction it's going. If you're trying to elevate whites over black, that's racist. If you're trying to elevate aboriginals over Caucasians, guess what? That's racist. There's no yeah. such thing as reverse racism. And it, it can never be a social remedy. That way leads to destruction. You're, you're, you're correct. Um, you know, all humans have red blood, Timothy. All humans yeah. have red blood, and and the blood is 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 basically in, classified in the same groups. What we are, what we are seeing in our society is is as society is being divided deliberately, either along racial lines, gender lines, uh, interest lines, uh, history lines, academic lines, and it's done deliberately because America, let's face it, is now purple. It's a yeah. mix of red, red and blue, um, but it's. It's a, it's really light blue, which is the, which is the, is the color of the United Nations. America has fallen to the United Nations. Uh, the globalists who formed the 
the, glo- the globalist predators, parasites who formed the United Nations did so for a reason, to put in place an unelected socialist global governance. You don't have to trust me on that. And I know, I know you're nodding, so you're agreeing, but you don't have to trust me on that. Your listeners don't have to trust me. They just have to go to the words of the senior UN bureaucrats. That's yeah. what they're saying themselves. Um, so, and that's what they've said uh, since 1949. Right. And, and so what they do is they, they pick up uh, traits and, and create a victim so that people hover around the victim. Then they have to create a perpetrator. So the perpetrator these days is the white Caucasian male. And the victim is the black female in particular. Uh, and, and, but depending upon the circumstances, it's sometimes just a female. Sometimes it's a child. Sometimes it's a black. Sometimes it's, it's whatever. Sometimes it's, it, it's whatever they want to make it. A trans, trans, uh, trans, whatever you call them in America, I can't remember. But, um, you know, they deliberately cause dissent and dispute and disruption because what they're wanting to do is to separate and divide. And all through COVID, the same globalist bastards were, were pushing it. They wanted us to believe we were small people on our own, isolated and vulnerable. That's what they want to do, and they want to intimidate. The whole thing is based on fear and control and wealth transfer. It absolutely is, and that was my opening tonight. In show prep, I came across a local news story. One of our local high schools, they're pressuring them to drop the name Warriors as the school mascot and the athletic team <laughs> name. And this is in, in the same people pushing this, the Onondaga Nation, uh, were pushing Syracuse University to drop the Saltine Warrior mascot in 1978. So all of a sudden, for 45 years, Liverpool Warriors was fine. But now in 2023, it's a problem. They simply use these non-existent problems as political tools to bludgeon us into submission. And I'm not angry at them for doing it. I'm angry at the ones that cave. Exactly. You're, you're correct. There are two fundamental structures that are the basis of, of uh, human civilization the nation state and the family. I'll probably put it in a reverse order. What they're trying to do, the, the UN and the World Economic Forum, the globalists, the parasitic globalists, they're trying to destroy family and they're trying to destroy nation state, flooding people across borders, uh, mm-hmm. putting major committees in, so making national sovereignty subordinate to um, commitments to international treaties, so-called, or whether you call them agreements, uh, protocols, treaties, yeah. it's all bullshit. They've, they've um, got a lot of different names for it. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so what they're trying to do is smash the nation state to put in place unelected socialist global governance, which is partly in place, and to smash the family. And what they want to do, all communists, they're, they're, they're basically communists, they're self-avowed communists. Communists always smash religion so that people have nowhere to turn to. Not, no, nothing to strengthen them. They smash property rights. They steal property because it's something to be shared. And they turn people onto the government to focus on the government and make them dependent on government. And they portray the government as some, some all-knowing, all-seeing um, organization that will take care of you. But here's the irony. The whole thing that the United Nations and the World Economic Forum is pushing is anti-humanism. They're anti-human. Is, Their yeah. whole approach is anti-human. I picked that up in, back in 2009. I realized what the bigger issue was. But here's the irony. They are telling us that humans, you included, Timothy, are greedy, rapacious, uncaring, irresponsible. You just don't give a damn. You'll destroy the planet. You'll destroy other humans. Then they're saying, and Al Gore did this perfectly in his, uh, in his uh, An Inconvenient Truth, but they're, they're all saying, look, you cannot trust humans, Timothy. 
hand your power to us in government. That's right. We will take care of it. And then you look at them and say, hang on, aren't you government? Aren't you humans? Yeah. No, oh, no, no, no. They're, they're, they're going to be transhumans. <laughs> they're going to live forever. Malcolm, didn't you get the memo? Look, we could spend three more hours. I'd love to have you back. We have so much to talk about. We're definitely brothers from another mother here, ideologically and temperamentally. Thanks so much for coming on The Reckoning. You're welcome. I'd love to be back. And let's talk about being the need to be positive and proud about humans because we are the best species on this planet and we should be proud of being so. Absolutely. And you continue being proud to be Australian and I'll continue to be proud to be a Yank. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. They say that everybody has a podcast these days, and I recently found out that Roseanne Barr has one, so I guess it's true. Now, I soured on Roseanne when she did this at a Padres game back in 1990. Well, here she is 33 years later on a podcast, hers, with none other than Tucker Carlson. Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to the Roseanne Barr podcast. I got a good one today. I got the guest of all guests. How do you feel about Trump saying he would consider you for vice oh, president? Oh, gosh, I don't <laughs> I put that in the category of asteroids striking the Earth. <laughs> good or bad, uh, it's so far out the side, outside of my control that I, you know, would I mean, you? I'm flattered. Yeah, it is flattering, isn't it? For sure. But I mean, it's hard to, you know, I've never been in politics. I've never... Would you ever do it? Would I accept? Yeah, if I you really have to ask think you. About that. Um, I mean, I spent my whole life looking at politicians and commenting on them and passing judgment on them, and I've never run for, you know, room mother, and so the idea of that is so far from anything I've ever done. It's kind of hard even to imagine. I didn't hear the word no. <laughs> Did you? Thanks, Roseanne. And thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT Radio Vision. Meet Norm. He lives with anxiety. But with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal. Just like everyone else. With the swipe of a finger, you can project happiness, confidence, machismo. Why settle for being real when you can be normal? The Normal Maker, new from Be Normal. This item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal. We're all different. What we like, how our brains work. In fact, one in five of us live with mental illness. Don't filter who you are. Start by talking to someone you trust. And remember, there is no normal. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. Blake Clark is the founder of several multi-million dollar businesses and a former United States Small Business Association Young Entrepreneur of the Year for the state of Oklahoma. A member of the Forbes Business Coaches Council since 2006, Clay and his team have helped over 2,300 businesses grow. An Amazon best-selling author, Clay co-hosts the Thrive Time Show podcast and is the creator and driving force behind the Reawaken America Tour, which has exposed the false narratives surrounding COVID-19, our elections, and now central bank digital currencies. I'd like to welcome back to The Reckoning, our good friend, Clay Clark. Hey, thank you so much for allowing me to be here with you. I really do appreciate you guys. Well, Clay, I appreciate you. As you said, uh, when we were talking before the show, this is the last interview before you you get in the van and head out to California. You've got a great event planned for this weekend, don't you? 
Well, you know, I tell you what, we are very excited to uh, head out now out to uh, Tulare, California. And people always ask me, they say, have you lost your mind? People will say, Tim, you know, did you lose your mind, Clay? Why, why are you going to Tulare? Why are you going to Michigan? Why are you going? Well, Eric Trump and General Flynn, they're the ones who decide where we're going to go. Um, and my job is to make sure that we bring 70 plus speakers. And my wife and I, what we try to do to, as, as a couple is make sure that everybody can afford to go, which is quite a, 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 a feat. But basically, we have 70 plus speakers that come to this event. So we have President Trump's chief attorney, Alina Haba. I think a lot of people want to know from Trump's attorney what's happening. You have Mike Lindell, you have General Flynn, Cash Patel, Eric Trump, Peter Navarro, uh, really Trump's entire inner circle. I mean, Devin Nunes, the head of Truth Social. And what I try to do is provide a format where there's great energy. Uh, so that way you have 70 speakers over two days. You can name your price so it's affordable. And then I try to make sure there's no teleprompters and no sponsors that tell us what we can and can't say. So each event is a little bit terrifying uh, because when I get there, I have no idea what the speaker are going to say and uh, so far so far it's resulted in me receiving a lot of subpoenas uh, multiple subpoenas uh, an ongoing lawsuit from the former head of security and strategy for dominion eric coomer but it's worth it because we have got to sprint to the finish to save this nation and if you want to join us in tulare california it's december 15th and 16th so i'm literally leaving here in just a few minutes to tulare california we'll be driving 23 hours left or west from tulsa oklahoma to uh, tulare california december 15th and 16th tickets are at uh, time to free america.com that's again that's a uh, time to free america.com and give us a little flavor for people that haven't been to one of these events yeah they're really it, it's kind of a cross between a trump rally and a tent revival meeting Jesus is at the center, and it's people that love the flag, love the country, love their families, and want a better America. They're, they're scared about where the Democrats are trying to take us. Well, first off, you're going to discover when you go to these events that we're definitely not focused on financial sustainability. So when you get there, you'll discover, like, if you want to buy a book uh, about the Great Reset, we price the books at $25 or whatever you can afford. And people go, what? Uh, how does that work? Uh, people find that most of the speakers greet everybody. I mean, so General Flynn's right out there. Eric Trump, yeah. they greet everybody. I mean, Mike Lindell greets people. Mike Lindell actually bought coffee for dozens and dozens of attendees at one of the events. People saw this used rented Hyundai show up, and they're going, is that Mike Lindell in a rented Hyundai? He shows up with coffee for everybody. So all of the, the, the diva celebrity uh, political class, that's gone. We don't have any of that. So it starts off there. And General Flynn, by the way, he's the one who leads the way. He always tells people mission over ego. So the doors open up at right. 6 a.m. When you walk in, praise and worship music is playing, and you're going to be greeted by the speakers that are normally on stage. They're greeting you. So right away, I think people, some shifts, and they go, wait a minute. The speakers are out here greeting me at six in the morning. What's going on? Because it feels different. Um, and right. then we have the praise and worship music going. And then every speaker, what I do is I give every speaker about 15 minutes to speak. Now, certain people like Alina Haba or Devin Nunes or, or Cash Patel, I'll give them 30 minutes. But most speakers have 15 minutes. And the reason why I do that is because it has to do with the cognitive load or the mental capacity or the tenacity that we all have as patriots to suffer through a presentation that we don't want to hear. I mean, we all right. know this. There are certain people that have a presentation where you say, uh, I don't really like that. Uh, although you maybe want you like what you heard, or you you like what you needed to hear, or you like the, the the quality of the information, but the way it was delivered, maybe it just you just can't do it. And or I find it just also wasn't a topic you were interested in. Right. So what I find is, you know, election fraud, medical fraud, religious fraud. Most people come because they know one of those topics, but when they show up, they go, 
you know, I had no idea that we'd have a speaker talking about RNA modifying nanotechnology, but okay, let's do it. And when you know you have 15 minutes, a lot of times those end up being your favorite speakers. You hear a topic, like as you mentioned, that you would have never previously signed up to go to a conference about the nefarious RNA modifying nanotechnology agenda. But when you have a speaker that speaks on it, you go, oh, I'm give them 15 minutes. And so also, if you want to go to the bathroom, you can get up, go to the bathroom, yep. grab a coffee, come back and not miss more than one speaker. So we've really thought through the format. This is our 22nd event. This will be our final West Coast event. So the final one that we're doing on the West Coast, that's timetofreeamerica.com to get tickets. And then uh, we're going to go to Michigan in June. And that's the final stop of the tour um, that I'm aware of, because what's going to happen is a lot of our keynote speakers, a lot of them, most of them uh, are members of Trump's inner circle, and they'll be sure. joining President Donald J. Trump in a sprint to the finish. And that's really what we need to save America. You know, we, it, it, we, we always think that this next election is the one that's the most important. But this is this is like the rubber match. This is for all the marbles, isn't it? It really is, you know, and for, for biblical, from a biblical, biblical perspective, I encourage everyone to assume I've lost my mind. But a couple of things I want people to know that are powerful in the in the book of Revelation, it states that when the Euphrates River dries up, China and Russia will team up and the false prophet will show up. Now, that's a mouthful and it doesn't seem believable. So if you open up to Revelation chapter 16. Verse 12 through 14, Revelation 16, verse 12 through 14, the Bible tells us, the Bible was written not to scare, but to prepare. It tells us that when the Euphrates River dries up, China and Russia will team up and the false prophet will show up. Well, now you got a guy by the name of Yuval Noah Harari, who's the world's number one bestselling author. Um, he's out there praised by Obama, Zuckerberg, Gates, MIT, Stanford, Harvard. He's out there telling people we need to rewrite the Bible using AI. He's out there pushing surveillance under the skin. He describes fellow humans as hackable animals, and they call him the prophet. And China and Russia are teaming up both militarily and financially to head what's called BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. These countries will be adding an additional six countries here in January. So we're going to have BRICS 11. These are uh, countries that are committed to no longer using the U.S. dollar, and they happen to be, have the majority of the Earth's natural resources. And it looks to be expanding by 20 additional countries under Putin's leadership in 2024. So we're facing an attack on our wealth and an attack on our health. And I believe we're living through the fulfillment of the biblical of the biblical prophetic. And so if you're out there and you're saying, I don't know what you're talking about. That's a lot of information. It's Revelation chapter 16, verse 12 through 14. Look it up. Also, if you read the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel, Daniel prophesied there would be a fourth kingdom where they would try to mix the miry clay with the iron. And Klaus Schwab is always talking about transhumanism, which is mixing, merging man with machines. So it's all happening right now. And if you read Mark chapter 13 tonight, Mark chapter 13, I promise you'll have a better understanding of this. So I believe we as Christians need to stand up uh, for faith, for country, for freedom, all these, all these wonderful beliefs we have. And we need to get out there. And I, I kind of describe myself as a struggling evangelist. I don't drive a Maserati. I don't enrich myself through these events. I actually lose money. Uh, but I feel like we need to share the gospel and the truth. And that's really what I'm trying to do. Well, and you're doing it beautifully. These events are even people that come not. I've had people say, you know, when I came this weekend, I didn't know what to expect. But it's still so much more than I ever thought it could possibly be. And you mentioned the speakers out there at 6 a.m. I look at you as the Energizer, Energizer Bunny Man because you're up at three, and I've seen you yeah. running around back halls in full suit, and yep. it, you know 4:30 in the morning, and you're sending out texts and and you're doing videos, you posted Twitter, and now X, and, and and you go all day, you know, yeah. you're not out taking a nap midday. I don't know how you do it. I, I know Vanessa is is. Wonderful. Your your wife actually 
I think is the glue that holds everything together. But you, I've yeah. never seen anyone drive so hard and put on such amazing events because the energy level throughout the day is, is mm. consistently inspiring. It's uplifting. It's positive, even though we're talking about some very dark things. Well, you know, if anybody has known me, if anybody's listening to the today's show and you go to thrivetimeshow.com and you say, who is this guy? He's very pale. I don't know who he is. Where did he come from? And you look into my background. You know, I have this podcast called The Thrive Time Show. We would interview you know, Wolfgang Puck and Guy Kawasaki yeah. and Damon John, all these famous celebrity business people. And I really enjoyed it. And I've, I do business conferences every two months. Since 2005, I've never stopped. And so when God arrested my attention, again, it wasn't a choice I made. When God arrested my attention and, and called my attention to, to needing to speak up after I very quickly discovered that the models that said that 2.2 million people would die from COVID were false. The PCR tests were falsely calibrated. COVID was treatable using hydroxychloroquine. This is all before the lockdowns. That the system and method for testing for COVID-19 was patented in 2015. Look that up, folks. Type that. Look it up. System and method for testing for COVID-19. That was patented in 2015. Uh, I, I recognize, wow, we, we've got we've got the Great Reset here. We've got the Fourth Industrial Revolution going on here. Trump is clearly surrounded by idiots. we got the Scarf Queen up there. we got Fauci. And I recognized, wow, he's going to need other people to get involved. And so I, I had these thoughts, and this is probably not a noble thought, Tim, but I had the thought, Hell's bells. I'm going to have to get involved. That's why I remember thinking like, oh, man, because ah. I had built my I had grown up poor. I had uh, enjoyed the American dream, I, which isn't possible, by the way, without the sacrifices of our proud uh, men and women who served in the military. I mean that sincerely. I mean, you cannot do what I've done as an entrepreneur without that kind of freedom. And I felt like, you know what? I didn't, I've never served. I never wore the uniform. I need to do it. I got five kids. I have to do it. And then I started thinking, I don't want to do it. I know I'm not, I'm not going to, but I thought God was just telling me I had to do it. So I sued the mayor of Tulsa, turned my building into a church. And I started doing these town hall events every week. Next thing I know, there's a thousand people in attendance at some of these. Next thing I know, the local newspapers talking about the local media. Now it's becoming a thing. I meet General Flynn and I felt called to call General Flynn and to tell him something. I told my wife, I said, I feel like God wants me to tell General Flynn something, but I didn't see a burning bush. It wasn't written down. God didn't speak to me, to me in an audible voice. I think we're supposed to do this reopen America thing. And my wife says, well, why don't you call him and see if he feels the same way? So I called him longest dial of all time. Boop, 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 boop. He picks up and I said, General Flynn, I feel like God wants us to do an event where we share the truth, not wanting him to say yes, about election fraud, medical fraud, religious fraud, monetary fraud, mainstream media fraud. And he said, didn't you? You know, you have a background in organizing big events. Said, yeah, you used to have a company. We do 4,000 events a year. And he goes, I know, Clay, I, I know we, we need to do it, and, but it has to happen now and it has to happen through the church. But without hesitation, he just, yes. And so since that time, we did one event. I thought we were done. He asked me if we do another one. I thought we were done. Pretty soon, 22, one mores. Here we are. And uh, um, at every event, my wife and I were driving the other day to church and she, we were driving and she said, honey, I want you to do, I want you to understand something. I said, what, what, what do you want me to understand? She said, we're going to have to tr transfer another hundred thousand dollars from our savings into this. You, you, you know that, right? And I go, oh, oh yeah. She's, you know, we don't make money on these. Yeah. You know, we're losing a lot of money. Yeah. You, you, you know, yeah. I'm like, she goes, do you think we're supposed to do it? I said, yeah, we got to lead people to Jesus. And she goes, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm so glad we're on the same page. Let's go. So it really is something where it's an act of discipline. It's an act of sacrifice. And I hope that somebody out there, this resonates with you and you can understand that maybe you're not called to host an event. Maybe you are. Maybe you don't have a microphone. Maybe you do. But God wants to use your time, treasure, and talent to save this nation. And it's not about financial enrichment. And I wish 
I these events were sustainable for a lot of reasons, but uh, they're not. And so each event, I just have to believe that uh, people we you know you go to time to freeamerica.com. We have seventy four tickets left right now. I have to believe that people are going to name their price, and enough people can pay you know something. And certain people tell me all the time they say uh, I, I could not have afforded to go because I had to travel to get there unless I could have bought my four tickets for a total of $50. And as much as that hurts me in the wallet, that's the best investment I've ever seen in my life. It's the best return on investment I can ever have is having people say they attended a life-changing event and it was made possible through uh, wonderful patriots contributing and my wife and I dipping into our savings for the last three and a half years. So I'm very honored to be a part of this. And I, I thank every single person who works behind the scenes tirelessly to make it happen. But for my schedule, it is 3 a.m. to 6 p.m., Really, it's 3 a.m. to 7 p.m. every single day right now, but uh, we're almost there. Yeah, and it really, it is an investment. You say it's an investment. It's an investment in people, but it's also an investment in the message because each of those people that comes to one of these events, they leave inspired, they leave uplifted, they leave energized, and they're going to be force multipliers, right? They're going to go back to their communities, to people that you neither know nor ever will know, and spread the message, not just the, the gospel, but spread the message that America matters and standing up for her matters. And that really, this is the ultimate battle between good and evil. It's being played out in the spiritual realm. We're just seeing the manifestations here on the physical plane. You're correct. You know, I'll tell you one thing that was kind of validating or, or affirming or encouraging. The other day I was at Brahms ice cream and dairy getting my oh, chicken sandwich. I love sandwiches. Brahms. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a grilled chicken sandwich and I, I'm going through there and I hear my voice, but I'm not talking. And uh, I'm, I'm like, where's my voice? And I look around and it's somebody who's listening to my podcast, but they're on their phone and they've got it kind of on speaker as they're quietly sort of shopping. And I just walked up to the person and I said, hey, what are you listening to? And they said, I'm listening to the Reawaken America tour. It's awesome. And I go, well, what's that? You just kind of just see where they're at. And they go, it's this awesome thing. I think the guy that does it is like from Oklahoma or somewhere around here. I love it. And I go, okay. And I did not mention who I was. I just wanted to get their take on it. And then as I look around, I noticed they're, they're, they're shopping as a family. And one of the kids had the Reawaken shirt on. And I thought, you know what? That's great. That that that's why we're doing it. And I keep running into right. that all the time. I keep seeing people that don't know who I am. It's not about me who came to the conference or they heard about it, who are now telling their friends, as you said, um, I'm seeing school boards quoting speakers they've met at the Reawaken Tour. I'm seeing people tune in to Jim Brewer, who had his career really reinvigorated through the Reawaken Tour. I see people talking about Roseanne's game-changing presentation at the Reawaken America Tour. I see people now being aware of the corruption of medical fraud, election fraud, religious fraud. So I, I do believe we are making an impact, but I encourage everybody out there today, go to timetofreeamerica.com. You can download the Reawaken America Tour documentary tonight for free at timetofreeamerica.com. You can get your ticket. It's at time to free and you can learn all about the great reset and the various agenda and what God has to say about it at time to free Clay, thank you so much. All the best to you, to Vanessa, your children for a very happy Christmas. Please say hello to my friends out there in California and safe driving. We will be watching live again. It's time to free Go. There are still tickets left. You're not going to want to miss this because once they're done, they're done. And if you've never been to a reawaken America tour event, you really owe it to yourself to go. That's it for tonight's show. Stay tuned on TNT Radio for the Havorier Moritz Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.